Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. It's the billion-dollar question. What does Wall Street think of the SEC's coming Bitcoin ETF decision? Good evening. I'm Stan Higgins, and this is Late Confirmation from Coindesk, bringing you the top stories from August 7, 2018. Blockchain insurance, a 17th century principle for the 21st century technology. Another U.S. state will start to recognize blockchain data. And lastly, we'll speak with Coindesk's reporter Christine Kim about some of the perspectives on the Bitcoin ETF. But first, a word from our sponsor, Said Business School, Oxford University. You can now study blockchain entirely online with Oxford University's Said Business School. Find out more about the six-week online program that gives you a fundamental understanding of blockchain and its implications and effects on your business strategy by visiting OxfordExecBlockchain.com. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission is expected to make a possible decision soon on the Bitcoin ETF proposal from New York firms VanEck and SolidX. Gabor Burt Gerbox, director of digital asset strategy at VanEck, told Coindesk that he believes that they are giving a chance for regulators to bring Bitcoin under existing frameworks and to protect investors. The idea is getting more and more advocates, and not just from crypto investors, but economists, CEOs, and financial analysts. And the topic is back in the mainstream awareness following a recent disapproval from the SEC on a Bitcoin ETF backed by investors Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss. Eric Balkanis, senior ETF analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, told Coindesk that there is a 5 to 10% likelihood that the ETF will see a green light this year. And even if it does, the real launch of the product will require additional approvals. Check more views and opinions on that at our website. A blockchain startup called Nexus is trying to revive mutual insurance, a model that dates back to the 17th century, in order to hedge the risks of smart contract failure. To prevent disasters like the Dow hack and the parity multisig wallet attack, which resulted in tens of millions of dollars in losses, Nexus will insure customers against unintended code usage. Nexus will rely on the funds raised in a so-called inverted ICO after its Ethereum-based network is launched, and it will tokenize and sell membership rights. With the tokens, buyers can insure their risks and vote for the payments of claims. In case uh, Nexus's own smart contract fails, there will be an emergency pause button. Such a model is suggested to be more responsive to user interests than what the modern insurance looks like today. 
Uh, there have been a bunch of experiments on decentralized insurance recently. For example, Etherisk is working on parametric insurance products in which payouts are automatically triggered by a certain event, like a natural disaster. Another effort of such kind, Layer 2 Labs, which is exploring modern applications of the risk-bearing syndicates power pioneered by Edward Lloyd's Coffee House in London in the late 1600s. This past Friday, Ohio Governor John Kasich signed into law the Uniform Electronic Transactions Act. It states that a record or contract that is secured through blockchain technology is considered to be in electric form and to be an electric record. State legislators introduced the bill in May and passed it in June. Uh, the initial version suggested recognizing as legitimate electronics not only blockchain data, but also smart contracts. But that last part has been omitted from the signed bill. The law also considers electronic signatures via blockchain equal to any other kind of electronic signature. Other states, like the state of Arizona, have passed similar bills recently, and politicians in California have been working on similar legislation since February. At the same time, states like Florida and Nebraska have both postponed similar bills indefinitely. We'll be following those stories closely on Coindesk. But first... The most important conference in crypto comes to Asia this fall. Coindesk's Consensus Conference lands in Singapore on September 19th and 20th, where you can join more than 75 speakers and 50 sponsors for two days of powerful insights, industry announcements, and cross-industry networking opportunities. It's all happening in Singapore on September 19th and 20th. You can register today at coindesk.com events. And now we'll speak with our reporter, Christine Kim, about some of the perspectives on the uh, forthcoming Bitcoin ETF decision, which is expected in the coming days from the SEC. Um, you know, Christine, for a recent report for Coindesk, spoke with several, uh, several industry stakeholders and thought leaders on this subject. Uh, so welcome, Christine. Um, Thank you. So I guess, you know, to dive into it, um, you know, what are, I guess, you know, what are people saying around uh, this possible decision um, and, you know, kind of what do they think uh, maybe some of the bigger picture ramifications uh, based on your reporting? Well, I think a lot of the people that I spoke to expect that the SEC will delay their decision on a Bitcoin ETF in the on Friday, I guess, potentially. Uh, some of the other comments that I've received on the subject matter is that if and when a Bitcoin ETF does get approved here in the United States, it's going to have big ramifications on the market because it's going to be introducing institutional investors to the cryptocurrency scene, which we don't really see right now. It's going to basically make Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies like it a lot more easily available to investors and consumers alike. Hmm, interesting. Um, so, you know, this may be, this is information that some folks in the space know, but maybe some of our listeners, um, you know, haven't been following the conversation as much. But, you know, so I guess, you know, what are some of the things that the SEC is looking at in terms of this possible decision? And, you know, what are the folks that you spoke to, you know, saying about whether, you know, if those concerns have been met or, you know, something like that? Yeah, so it is important to note that the Bitcoin ETF proposal that the SEC is currently reviewing is the one proposed by VanEck and SolidX. But before that, we've seen other Bitcoin ETF proposals get rejected, others be postponed. And the SEC, I think, from what I've gathered currently, is mainly concerned about the issue of custody. Mm. So 
Unlike other commodity ETFs, such as gold, you can't necessarily protect bitcoins with a huge physical vault with guards, et cetera, et cetera. Bitcoin is susceptible to hacks and thefts online. And in that sense, it gets a bit more it gets a bit more complicated of who actually can ensure and and give the kind of credibility that these bitcoins that would be underlying the ETF um, is safely and securely held, which Vanek and which the Vanek and SolidX proposal try and mitigate by saying, well, these bitcoins would be fully insured for our investors. And to that, there are still persistent concerns. <coughs> there are still persistent concerns of whether or not Bitcoin can actually be insured in that way, especially once the ETF, if it does gain way more traction. I mean, if we're talking the value of Bitcoin as it's skyrocketing, who knows how much that insurance would cost? Mm. So it's really, I think, as, as Eric uh, Balchunas, as senior ETF analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence said, he thinks that, you know, to some extent, you're not really going to get to a quote-unquote perfect safe place mm. with this issue of custody. And so for the SEC right now, it might just be a matter of, well, can we make do with it as is, as the proposal currently stands? Or are we going to wait until maybe a few more, a few more, a, a bit more headway is made. Hmm, interesting. So maybe that they, you know, kind of accept the, accept the way things are today and, you know, maybe new solutions come down that, and shore that up, or maybe they're just waiting for that, you know, uh, the, the porridge situation, like waiting for that just right temperature. So um, I think, as you mentioned earlier, you know, one of the other concerns from the SEC was the question of liquidity. Uh, I'm curious, you know, if your sources had any comment on that is, you know, you know, whether those concerns that they expressed before have changed or whether they're still kind of seeing the status quo there. Yeah, it was definitely a major concern way back when. But I think now, given the price surge that we saw in December of 2017, the liquidity of Bitcoin as, as an asset is not highly disputed anymore, um, at least among the, the people that I was speaking to. And in fact, there's been case studies to show that a gold ETF actually surged or or injected more liquidity into the gold markets than was previously seen before. So the consensus that I gathered is that liquidity is not a major concern, um, simply because of the fact that Bitcoin as an asset already is highly liquid um, relative to other cryptocurrencies like it. And there is a case study to show that liquidity may or may not will likely actually um, increase. And one of the important points that Eric Ross, chief strategist at Cassen Securities, did raise, though, on this matter is that liquidity does work in both ways. So even though we have seen Bitcoin being a liquid asset as, price, as the price of Bitcoin went up, there is concern of, will, what, well, what's the, the liquidity of Bitcoin when prices come slumping down. And that, I think, is a good point to consider, that we might have seen Bitcoin as a liquid asset thus far, but we just don't know 
how it's going to behave um, in the future. Great. All right. Well, Christine, thanks so much for joining us. And, you know, we'll all be watching and waiting for a possible Bitcoin ETF decision. So thanks for joining us. Thank you. Late Confirmation is brought to you by the Said Business School at Oxford University. Master blockchain technology online with the six-week Oxford Blockchain Strategy Program. The program gives you a foundational understanding of the core concepts of blockchain, and you'll gain insights into how it will affect the future of your industry and organization, drawing on expert opinions and multiple blockchain use cases, allowing you to develop a strategic roadmap to incorporate blockchain into your business strategy. Find out more at OxfordExecBlockchain.com. For more on today's stories and to subscribe to our newsletter, check out Coindesk.com. You can find us on Twitter at Coindesk. And if you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast. For Coindesk, I'm Stan Higgins, and this has been Late Confirmation. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.